Today's reading is Luke chapter 4, verses 1 to 14. That's page 1030 in the Church Bibles. Luke chapter 4, verses 1 to 14, page 1030. Jesus is tested in the wilderness. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning, everybody. For those of you who I've not met, I'm, as Adam said, Jane Portlock. I live just along the road, and I work at the University of Sussex, which is a bit further away in Brighton. Let's pray. Lord God, help us to understand your word today, spending time to think about it, and then applying it to our own lives. Amen. Today's talk is the first in the next part of the series, which we started in January. So far, we've covered being with Jesus and becoming like Jesus. You can see these services on YouTube and Facebook. I particularly recommend Adam's sermon on forgiveness from last Sunday, if you've missed it, where you can see a rather skillful use of the flip chart and a very good sermon. We're now moving on to doing what Jesus did. And there are three weeks, solitude, spiritual disciplines, and serving. So week one of this block, doing what Jesus did in the solitude, based on Luke 4, 1 to 14, which Helen's just read. You may want to have these verses to hand as I speak, and it's on page 1030 in the Church Bible. Mm 
I'd like you to close your eyes for a minute and try and remember a place that you visited in the past. The wildest, emptiest place that you can think of. What did it look like? What did it sound like? Were you there on your own? How long were you there for? And how did it feel? Now, keeping your eyes closed, imagine watching Jesus walking away on his own into an isolated, wild, empty place where he would be for 40 days. Jesus returned from the Jordan filled with the Spirit. The Spirit took him off into the wilderness for 40 days to be tested by the devil. He ate nothing during that time and in the end he was very hungry. So imagine Jesus walking into the wild countryside. Can you see him in your mind's eye? How do you imagine he felt as he headed towards those temptations? Why did Jesus subject himself to this difficult experience? Uh, please open your eyes. Something I forgot to say last time I um, did this not that long ago, this morning. Luke describes the episode very vividly, but why? What does it mean for Jesus to be God's son in this special unique way what sort of messiah was jesus to be well the three temptations can be read as possible answers to these three questions the temptations are realistic that's exactly what satan would say and they're very attractive why wouldn't a messiah want those three things and seemingly, they make a lot of sense. Surely God wouldn't want his son to starve. In describing this, Luke underlines that Jesus says, shares our humanity, our flesh and blood. If Jesus is to bring about liberation from Satan, the accuser, he must begin by defeating him in, at the most personal and intimate level, rather than by a spectacular display of power to demonstrate it in one dramatic stride. Jesus responds not by arguing, but by quoting scripture. So looking at the first temptation, and I'm going to read verses three and four again. If you are God's son, said the devil, tell this stone to become a loaf of bread. It is written, replied Jesus, that it takes more than bread to keep you alive. Jesus quotes from the history of the Israelites in the wilderness. Physical needs such as hunger are so important, but loyalty to God is more important still. Then looking at the second temptation in verses 5 to 8, and reading again, the devil then took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. 
I will give you authority over all this and all the prestige that goes with it, said the devil. It's been given to me, you see, and I can give it to anyone I like, so it can all be yours, just worship me. It is written, replied Jesus, the Lord your God is the one you must worship. He is the only one you must serve. Again, Jesus quotes from scripture. Jesus' status as God's son doesn't commit him to a dramatic show of power. Instead, his is a path of humility, service and death, followed by victorious resurrection. And looking at the third temptation, verses 9 to 12. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and stood him on the pinnacle of the temple. If you are God's son, he said, throw yourself down from here. It is written, he will give his angels a command about you to look after you and they will carry you in their hands so that you won't hit your foot against a stone. Jesus replied, it has been said, you mustn't put the Lord your God to the test. Again, Jesus quotes scripture. Trusting in God doesn't mean acting stupidly to force God into making a spectacular rescue. The power that Jesus already has, that he will shortly display in his healings of people in particular, is to be used for restoring others to life and strength, not for spectacular stunts. So thinking about us and our reaction to those verses, we're unlikely to be tempted in precisely the same way, but we are tested at points which matter most in our lives. It's a central part of our journey as Christians to recognize, recognize those attractive lies from Satan and to distinguish them from the voice of God. But how do we do that? The Bible provides a direct weapon for this fight. We can rebut the lies with the truth that's written in it. Fighting temptation is not about hating ourselves and rejecting any part of our God-given humanity. Instead, it's about learning about ourselves and God and responding to God's love and loyalty through Jesus. Now that does sound like quite a journey, and it's lifelong. Jesus called us to follow him in the way, the truth, and the life. So, in our journey of discipleship, how can we learn more about ourselves and God in the solitude? As some of you know, I'm an academic, and as I said, I teach at the University of Sussex, one of my favorite aspects of my job is to gather suitable resources for my students, who are pharmacy students, to encourage them to be independent, lifelong learners and signpost them to the best possible information. And as I'm sure you appreciate, their role as pharmacists demands continuous professional development to maintain and enhance their effectiveness in patient care. And as Christians, we need to do the same in our journey, though I'm not sure I've ever heard it described as CPD. So, in the same way, I've had a think about resources for us 
as a church, the question of how we can learn more about ourselves and God in the solitude. And I've come up with a few resources which I'm sure many of you will recognize, but maybe this is a reminder which might help you to find time and solitude each day to pray and read the Bible. Just a few resources uh, which I've tried, which are helping me, particularly recently through the turmoil of the pandemic, what's happening in Ukraine, and also after lockdown. I was just talking to somebody before the service and we agreed it's such a struggle, it's just not easy to find that time and quiet. And I'm such a busy person, the last thing I think of do, doing is sitting down quietly, but habits are habits. And it's been demonstrated if you do something for 21 days in a row, it becomes a good habit. So my challenge is if you're out of touch with spending time in the solitude with God, try it for 21 days, uh, mark it off in your calendar, and then see if it's become a good habit. To do that, Bible reading notes are very valuable. There are loads to choose from. Um, ask your friends which ones they use and enjoy. You'll be surprised how many people um, are using them, and there's a whole variety. They're easy to order from, I think, Acorn Books is, is functioning happily, and online, and they're not hugely expensive. You can pay for a year's subscription reasonably cheaply. Um, I've just started some, using some new ones called, um, very unimaginative, they're called guidelines. Sounds like um, something from the NHS but they're from the Bible Reading Fellowship and they're very, I found them very exciting. I've just started using them. They provide in-depth study, drawing on insights of current Christian scholarship. So they're quite sort of academic. However, for more years than I can remember, I've been using New Daylight, which is wonderful. And it's probably at the other end in that the reading's actually included in the booklet. Um, and I've been using those for a number of years. And there are a lot of people at church who use those and find them very valuable. I haven't warned Richard about this, but I'm um, going to mention that he uses Encounter with God in his Bible reading notes from Scripture Union, which I think he's used as long as I can remember. Do ask him about his experience with that resource because um, he'll be able to let you know how he's got on with it. So that's another suggestion. I hope you don't mind. A bit late now. Phone apps. Now, obviously, I'm speaking to a mixture of people who've got different um, enthusiasms associated with the technical world. I'm quite a fan, and I'm an early adopter, so I've been looking at apps for prayer for quite a long time. There are lots of them. Again, ask your friends which they use. Um, some Bible notes are actually available on that. New Daylight is, and I was using it on an app for a while, which was fantastic. However, I do remember, and I'm sure you do as well, Adam mentioning that it's much more beneficial to hold the Bible in your hand than read it on an app. So bear that in mind too. Now, I don't know if any other people have discovered the following, but recently discovered an app called Lectio 365. Has anybody else come across that? Oh, yeah, there's a, there's a good dot around of people. I don't know how I found out about it. I think it might have been from 24-7 website because it's actually linked to the 24-7 prayer initiative. It's a morning and evening resource inspired by 
a way of reading the Bible called Lectio Divina, which I know Adam has used at a 9 a.m. service. Have you used it at 10.30 as well? So people will be familiar with that, a meditative approach to reading the Bible, which I found felt really new. I hadn't come across it before, but I found um, it, this particular app very useful. So Lectio 365, it's a free app, morning and evening resource. In the morning, the same passage is read twice, and the expectation is that God will speak to us through it. It's for 10 minutes, and it asks us to do the following. Pause to be still, rejoice with the psalm, and reflect on the Bible. Ask God to help us and others yield to his will in our lives. That's easy to remember because the acronym is PRAY. Pause, rejoice, reflect, ask, yield. The words are written and spoken, so you can choose to read or listen or both. So um, have a look at that if you've not come across that before. And of course, throughout Lent, Adam has been inviting us to take two, ten, or thirty minutes a day to be with Jesus. You can down this, download this week's guide from the newsletter if you get that online. And there are copies on the reception desk of this week and I think last week. And I'm sure if you want to start from the beginning, someone in the office will be able to give you a copy for the first week. And depending on the time you've got available, and also I guess the sense that we're all doing it together, I think it's very exciting. Do have a look at that. You're also very welcome to use the church building as a space to pray between 10 and 12 on weekdays if you'd find that a good thing to do. Digging a bit deeper, they're talking of this CPD for our Christian lives. There are a lot of Bible courses. Um, I'm not an expert on those. I think Adam, Neil and others would be. And they'd be able to signpost you if you really want to get your teeth into Bible study. Um, one particular one um, is N.T. Wright online. Tom Wright, who I'm a huge fan of, you might recognize some of his words from this talk as I used his commentary. Um, it's called N.T. Wright online, Renewing Minds Through Biblical Teaching. And a number of my Christian friends um, from university days and others recommend that if you're interested. That has got cost associated with it. Anyway, that's just a taster. I think the challenge is do something, don't do nothing. Recognize the struggle. I think we all struggle with finding time. I certainly used to be much less distracted than I am now. And I think the, the world of social media has um, made it more difficult. But putting that time aside first is really going to make a difference. So in conclusion, at the heart of our resistance to temptation by the evil one is finding time to study the Bible and pray. And God the Father, who shows us the way through Jesus Christ, promises to rescue us, feed us, and lift us up as his children. Amen. <laughs>